Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here we go. Here now with all of today's cruise and travel news and a bit of commentary. It's the guru of the seas himself, Tom Drake. It is indeed himself, and there will be some commentary on this uh, Thursday morning, February 8th, uh, 2024. Actually, uh, it is not Thursday morning. I am now taping this later in the day to go up uh, after midnight because I will not have another episode like yesterday. When I was 3 o'clock in the morning in a card room talking to myself, please seek help. Welcome to the podcast, by the way. I'm the podcaster, and you're the podcastee, and that is the official mascot. Whoa. That is the Drake on this Thursday morning. I don't know. Thursday morning train wreck, we can call it. I'll say it's Thursday morning because people listen to it uh, usually in the morning, although I have friends that enjoy it for happy hour. Uh, we are at sea on board the Oceana Insignia. That was quite an ah. Uh, you don't do that in radio. You get fired if you do a lot of those ah. Uh, sounds like I'm going for an uh, ENT visit. Uh, yesterday we were in Suva, Fiji. We will be in Fiji, as I mentioned too many times, uh, in a short period of time, about two weeks. Uh, on the other side of the island, there's about a 1,000 islands in Fiji. Uh, we'll be at Lotoga. We were in Suva. Interesting uh, city, um, some large buildings, office buildings. It, kind of, it did remind me of Barbados. It felt like it. Uh, just weird, you know, same kind of sidewalks, as a matter of fact. Getting off the ship, there was security, but not anybody with a AK-47. Just a guy, a friendly guy, and he looked at my chain around my neck, a very thin gold chain. He goes, I'd take that off if I were you. I go, seriously? He goes, yeah. So I put the chain in my pocket, and I worried the rest of the time we were in the city whether, you know, I had one hand on my wallet, one hand on my cell phone. I couldn't hold my wife's hand. I said, I'm protecting the other stuff. Leave me alone. I never... I didn't feel it. No, you know, it was okay. We went shopping. There's a couple of department stores. All in all, not bad. Checked out the supermarket because we'll need some stuff when we get to the other side. They have a lot of what we want. So all good. It is Friday for us, Thursday uh, for you. Uh, that is confusing me. I'm not the brightest guy in the world. In fact, I was told yesterday we won't have Super Bowl Sunday. We'll have Super Bowl Monday. We'll see the game Monday because we're one one day one day less Six hours behind Eastern Standard Time. So we'll see the game at 12.30 on Monday. And that causes a problem for many of our guests who have been with us on a 30-day cruise. And part of that was to go to New Zealand. And when we arrive in Auckland on Monday, it is our final day of the cruise. Tuesday, those guests leave. So, wow, what a dilemma. They didn't do their homework on this, I'm sure. Uh, nobody does. They all thought it would be on Sunday. And they all thought, well, that'd be good. And then Auckland on Monday. And no. So now they have to decide, do they want to watch the Super Bowl on board a cruise ship or get off of New Zealand because they paid a fortune to go to New Zealand? Now, the 379 around the world guests, they don't have that much of a problem because the next day in Auckland, they can get off. Plus, the, the next cruise features all New Zealand. Uh, we, we go from, from Auckland 
uh, to Sydney, and it's all New Zealand. So they're fine. They'll be watching the game with me on Monday. But the poor guest, I mean, this guy, he didn't look at the calendar, and the wife's going, we're going off to go to a field and look at sheep, or we're going to do the highlights of Auckland, or we're going to go to a winery or something. And he's like, man, no, it's my team, my team. Hey, you got to do your homework. This happens every year, especially the poor guests who book a year in advance, and then their team gets in the Super Bowl. Their team never gets in the Super Bowl, and now they're stuck. In a million years, they wouldn't be on a cruise ship on the other side of the world if they knew their team would make it to the Super Bowl. They'd be home. They'd be at their neighbor's house. They'd be at the local bar. Uh uh-uh. But they're in New Zealand. Can't get more disconnected from the NFL for that. But we do dress up the, the uh, lounge, in Sydney Lounge, uh, with balloons and uh, logos. And, and there's hot dogs and pizza and all kinds of good stuff. And that's where I'll be Monday. Don't look for me. Don't look for me Monday. I will be in the Insignia Lounge watching the Super Bowl. And, of course, I have a problem because as the cruise director, my wife cannot get off the ship Tuesday. It's turnaround. We have 200 people loving, uh, leaving and 200 coming on board. So she's like, well, aren't we going ashore in Auckland? Uh, we'll see. An email address, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you for all of the likes and the messages. I already, I'm getting emails now from the cast of Tales from the Laundry Room. I'll let you know when that goes up on Vimeo. Eventually, we'll have a broadcast of that. You might know some of the people in the cast. We had a lot of fun putting this little play skit together called Tales from the Laundry Room. Lots of positive feedback. Sure, pat yourself on the back, Tommy. Why not? As always, we begin with prayers for the military, our military, other military, the Israelis, the Ukrainians, um, people fighting for their homeland, and our own military. I saw this morning uh, a helicopter went down in the California desert with five Marines on board. They're trying to find the Marines. They don't really tell you much. You got to wonder what that was about. It doesn't say whether it crashed or it landed. I'm not sure what's happening there, but prayers for everybody involved in that search and rescue. And, of course, you know, the hoodies, the terror, you know, the Iranian back whack jobs. If you're first-time listeners to the podcast, I do give things in their own names, like the FAA is the... And uh, these hoodies, uh, no, no blowfish, I call them Iranian back whack jobs, IBWJs. And it's the same old story. You know, they're nuts. We're going nuts trying to figure out how to get rid of those nuts. Um, no end in sight. It doesn't seem to be working. Every story says, despite multiple attacks by U.S. and U.K. Uh, uh, yeah, for allied forces, uh, they they have more rockets. They have more drones. They have more anti-ship missiles. And the DIA, that's the Defense Institute or something, they said that they're getting it from Iran. Iran says, no, we shop at the same arms dealer. We have nothing to do with it. Why do you bother us? It looks like the ones we use, but it's their own. They got their own. We don't give them anything. Don't get us involved. It's nothing to do with us. I saw we took out some nut job in, in Baghdad, too. Good for you, Joe. Somebody woke him up and he nodded his head. Good for you, Happy birthday if today's your birthday. I had some choices, by the way, if you're a first-time listener. I like to play a little bit of music illegally, probably violation of some copyright, but, you know, for the amount of people that listen. I don't think the president of Warner Brothers is listening to the guru today. So I had a choice of Bobby Lewis, had that big hit, uh, Tossing and Turning. You know, I couldn't sleep at all last night. Love that tune. I could have went with Travis Tritt. Happy birthday, Travis. But I play him a lot. This is Travis. Well, here's a quarter called someone who cares. 
great Travis Tritt. And you know what? I had to play this. I had to play this. It is the tapestry. There's a hint. The tapestry of my life and many people, high school and you know those younger years of, you know, high school romance, backseat romance, easy. You just You don't have to dance today, but I want you to make some goo-goo eyes at the wife. Give her a little goo-goo. Honey, remember this? Remember that time? We were locked in an embrace. Love was everywhere. And I farted. Why do you do that? (laughs) Sing it, honey. The great Carol King, and I know I'll get in trouble for this. I say the great Carol King, great songwriter, never strikes in. I didn't think she could sing. I could sing as good as that. Stop it. All right. Uh, here's a follow-up to yesterday's Carnival Magic story. I mentioned that the, the Carnival Magic was in Ocho Rios, Jamaica. It was, it was docked at a pier they don't normally use because it came in a day early because of awful weather in the Caribbean. These poor people that pay for these cruises in the Caribbean, man, the day, it's not, it's nobody's fault, but Mother Nature is not happy right now. Anyway, they were at a different pier and uh, the pier kind of broke apart and the ship was let loose. Uh, and, you know, it's not really under power at that moment, so they have to fire up the bow thrusters and, and it was really windy and so it hit the pier, uh, or they're calling it, in inadvertent contact with the pier. I'm not blaming the captain, Luigi Bacigalup. Normally I, I would, but they were overnight uh, to be inspected and uh, the insurance companies. And it only caused cosmetic damage. Hey, we take a paint brush, hey, we bang it out, bada boom, bada boom, be perfect. So they did sail um, in the morning. So they stayed overnight and they're finishing up their six night ship rocked sailing. That's what it is. It's all about, I guess, heavy metal and whack jobs and I don't know, people that kill chickens. I don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, here's the tease. Hey, wait this. Hey, hey, wait this. How many people would volunteer to be weighed to get on a plane? I would, because I'm always curious. The problem with me is if they ask me to, to be weighed to get on a plane. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm like, can I take my shoes off? I wore the wrong pants. Like, I never wear jeans to the doctor's office. They weigh too much. I wear the thinnest possible clothes when I go to the doctor's. I would go in my underwear if they let me. I asked once and they said, no, that's not good. Uh, anyway, Finnair, that is a Finnish carrier, obviously, because it's called Finnair. If it was a Swedish carrier, it would be Sweetair. Finnair, they're asking people to voluntarily get weighed in order to get new statistics. They, they weigh you with your carry-on. And they put it into a, into a whatever a form they have, and that's how they calculate the average weight, so they can work on the stability of the plane and yada yada yada. It's above my pay grade. And according to uh, the spokeswoman for Finnair, her name is Kaiser Tikkanen. 
Uh, over 500 people have volunteered. They No one sees your weight. They don't do that in front of everybody in the line. <laughs> you know, you're on the scale. People go, whoa, babe, you might want to put get, put that pack and go back. No, 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 salad time. No, you don't see it. Only the person weighing you sees it. But I'm sure you get, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that you get a piece of paper or something that tells you what you weighed. So I would do it. I would, you know. Um, there's an old Rodney joke, too, about it. Uh, is it Rodney or Henny Youngman? You know, I got on the scale and it said, hey, one at a time. Thank you. I'm here all week. I have Boeing news. I'm not going to play the music because this is partly Boeing and partly not. Again, first time listeners, I spent a lot of time on Boeing because I'm afraid to fly as it is. And Boeing, as I've said many times right now, um, not I'm not going to make fun of them. They're really struggling, and everybody's piling on, and rightfully so. I mean, bolts are missing, rudder bolts are missing, everything's a mess. Uh, but the chairman of the NTSB, her name is Jennifer Homedy. Homedy? Homedy? And I mentioned her in the past because I have a problem anyway with with governments and bureaucrats and patronages, political jobs. And she's the head of the NTSB. Now, I will tell you, she was appointed there by Donald Trump, but she is a Democrat, a Democrat, full-out Democrat. And prior to working uh, on the NTSB, she was a government relations manager for the American Iron and Steel Institute. Then she was a lobbyist for the AFL-CIO. Then she was a lobbyist for the Teamsters. Then she was a Democratic staff member for the U.S. House Transportation Subcommittee on Railroads, Pipelines, Hazard Materials. And then in 2018... She was appointed to the NTSB, and somehow she got herself appointed chairman by Joe Biden. But her background is not in aviation. Her background is lobbyist, politician, a politician. And this is my theory and nobody else. She is all over this in front of a camera because this is an issue the administration can run with. Look what we're doing at the NTSB. Look at the investigation. Normally when there's an airline incident, Hopefully never crash, but you know when they whack into each other, all this stuff uh, almost hit each other. There's an investigation, and six months later, a report comes out. Now I know this is a much more volatile issue, even explosive issue, but she's in front of the camera and she says that you know, you know the story. The Max Nine Alaska airplane, the door blew out. Now we find out. I got on this yesterday. This is a tirade, by the way. I got on it yesterday. They they released a preliminary report saying. It is likely that the bolts were not replaced. No, if you don't know, don't say anything or say, you know what? It is likely we don't know our ass from our elbow. Why would you put out a report that said it is likely? You telling us nothing. I could say it is likely that I'm going to be a great comedian before I die. <laughs> I'd be lying to you. But I, this drives me crazy. So anyway, she gets in front of the camera and says, it could happen again. Based on what? Uh, I, then if it could happen again, there should not be a 737 MAX 9 in the air. Now, that's not her department. That's the, ah, they would ground the planes, them and the White House. Um, and that's a different guy. That's Mike Whitaker, who does know the business. This is the National Transportation Safety Board. You know, they take 10 years for every investigation. They milk it like it's a cow in Wisconsin on typical government stuff. And they never really give you the, it's likely that the bolts weren't put back. But we don't know. We don't know, but we thought we'd put a report out anyway. 
Because why not? Because we want to show everybody that we're doing something under the Biden administration. What you ought to do is shut up until you know what you're talking about. Oh, see now. This is my friends will email me going. We don't know if the tirade thing is a good thing. If you want to build up your listenership, you know, you might want to take it down a notch. But the the bottom line is I do want to build up my listenership, but I want to have fun at the same time. So Jennifer Holmendy. And I'm not making this up. She should not be in front of a camera like this. You're a lobbyist and you're a politician. And somehow, I mean, Trump put her there first and Biden made her the chairman. So, hey, that's like a... Uh, I'm in the middle there. I can't aggravate anybody so, except Jennifer. All right, here's the tease. If you're, again, first-time listener, I give you the tease about what the story is going to be about because many of my listeners are Oceanic guests, and we love trivia. We love games. We love that kind of stuff. Uh, so the tease is close to the heart of Texas. You'll never figure it out. All right, how about this? We're going to be closer to the heart of Texas. Eh? We're going to take our ship of day. We're going to have a good time. Now you can figure it out. And that's to do with MSC. And all the Italians are going, that's the worst Italian accent. You're a moron. Oh, no, you know what I am? You're an idiot. Thank you. Uh, the Galveston Wharves, that's the people that run the Port of Galveston, and MSC have finalized an operating agreement for the fourth terminal at the Port of Galveston. That is some story. Remember, Carnival went there with one of their old, the old bucket of bolts they had. They went into Galveston when nobody, people were like Galveston. And again, practice, you're talking practice. It's about home porting and drive to ports. You drive to port. Texas is huge, as you know. There's millions of people in Texas. And they can drive to Galveston and get on a ship and they don't have to fly. Because right now, everybody's questioning all of it. TSA airports, the whole nine yards, planes, cracked windshields, engines crapping out. So if you can put the, the mutants and the rugrats and the Ridland-filled children into a van and take them somewhere. So they're going to have their fourth terminal. And they struck a deal with MSC, a 20-year agreement. So they know they haven't rented for 20 years. They got X amount of dollars coming in. Hey, we got this to work with. But they have an agreement with MSC. They can also offer it to other cruise lines. So... Princess is talking to him. Norwegian Cruise Line is talking to him. Everybody wants a piece of it. Everybody wants, hey, home porting. I don't care what Jason Liberty says. He did it again yesterday talking about Ukraine didn't have an effect on, first of all, only, you know, uh, 7% of the Royal Caribbean fleet is involved in Europe anyway. But a lot of people are skipping Europe. They're skipping going overseas at all. And you know what? More ships will come into Galveston, more choices. Maybe the one you like to sail on. But here's my point. And I know you're saying, would you get to it? MSC, it reminds me in a way of Richard Branson with Virgin. When I said last week, did he have to build four ships right away? Could he maybe two ships and figure out what you're doing? And when they're packed, you know, when Oceana started 21 years ago, they had one ship. It was sold out all the time. So we got two. It was sold out again. So they got three. It was sold out. Then the company was sold. It was so sold out, they sold the company. Then they had deep pockets, and they put two more ships together. Now three ships, soon to be four ships. Little at a time. It was like 10 years. It was 10 years between Marina and Vista, right? Uh, uh, the other one was in the middle there. Help me out, you Oceana people. My point is, you take your time. MSC, hell no. 
They have not even put a dent in the, in the U.S. market at all. They dropped all these ships in. They have a terminal going in Miami, a terminal going in Galveston. I'm like, these guys must have a printing press somewhere in Italy or Switzerland. Wow. I mean, they just spend it. They're a private company. So who knows? I know they make millions, billions from their shipping operation. You see MSC everywhere. Now that's got to be interesting right now with the Suez Canal and and uh, and the Red Sea and all that mess going on. But anyway, they're going to build this 165,000 square foot terminal. It's going to cost 142 million, and they're going to fund it. This is the Galveston Wharves. They're going to fund it with cash reserves and revenue bonds, and then they're going to charge. You know this. You know they're going to suddenly decide there should be another tax to all the cruise lines, especially Carnival, that are already there. They're going to say, well, we're going to add a little money in here, you know. And the people that have been supporting Galveston for the last 20 years, the cruise lines will have to pay extra for this fourth terminal because it's important that you grow. Because everybody that's running these ports now, they all want to be John Murray in Port Canaveral or they won't want to be the Port of Miami. And according to Roger Rees, Roger Rees is the Galveston Port Director, adding MSC to our family of cruise lines offers our guests, offers our guests, guests, our cruise guests, an elegant European-style family cruise experience. <laughs> Here's the thing. I sailed at MSC. There's nothing wrong with MSC. But you can't have 5,500 people on a ship and be elegant. No, you just can't. Elegant is 600 guests, 700 guests, uh, 400 guests. It's, there's elegance to that. There's, it's a different style. But I'm not saying it's a bad situation MSC. But I will tell you this. I have a friend of mine. He's on Miraviglia coming up in the Yacht Club. No names here. Wife's a travel agent. It's stupid price. I mean, giveaway price. It's a giveaway price because they're desperate for the travel agents to continue to sell their product in the United States. But their product has issues. That's why the price point is as low as it is. And how are you going to pay for all this if you can't get paid? It's such a catch-22. You can't charge... You know, like when I talked about the a la carte on Norwegian Gem, I was stunned at the prices for these entrees. When I worked for NCL, we used to go in the specialty restaurant called the Bistro. It was five bucks. It was great. It was five dollars, right? And they made money on five dollars. Now that was almost thirty years ago, but now you're going to tell me that you know risotto was twenty-seven dollars. It's rice, but. If it's high quality, if it's the best risotto, like if we go to a restaurant and my wife loves the risotto, I don't care what it costs. I just like the peace and quiet. If they can do that, but this is a here's the other problem with this: if you're in a if you're in a restaurant on land, all right, and you're paying thirty two dollars, thirty five dollars, forty two dollars for a plate, that chef in there is getting paid a decent amount of money, and his sous chef's getting a lot of money, and his cooks are getting a lot of money. This industry doesn't know the words a lot of money. They've never, it's very foreign to them, so to speak. And so, you know, even though I've talked about this in the past, they'll roll out a, a new restaurant on a ship. They'll bring all the travel writers in. They'll bring all the corporate chefs in. And they'll be there for a week, and they'll do all the cooking. And then they'll leave, and then the Indians will take over. And I don't mean that in a bad way. They're, they're really wonderful chefs, too. But it's, it's not like on land. So anyway, now I'm off the track a little bit. Um, so anyway, Norwegian is talking to Galveston, so is Princess, and we'll see what happens. But if you live in Texas, you will have more options to cruise right out of Galveston, which I think is a great idea. Uh For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, last year, Galveston host, hosted almost 1.5 million passengers, a 43% increase over 2022. And who did that? The cruise industry. And who's going to pay for it? The cruise industry. And what's going to happen? Yeah, mark my words. The bureaucrats, the politicians will go, hey, we need to get more taxes here. We should get more money. Forget the hotels, the bus drivers, and all that. No, no, no. We did them a favor. We let them come to Galveston. Whack jobs. Time to forget the crew made the company successful. That's the tease. Time to forget the crew that made the... Every year, Sea Trade, they're a trade magazine. They have a big deal uh, called the Sea Trade Cruise Global Conference. There is a cottage industry surrounding the cruise industry. There are people that make a living talking about it. You know, I'm trying to make some money talking about it, but there are people that make a living managing, consulting it, talking about it, meeting about it, having another meeting at a conference and another meet, and they talk and they talk and they talk and they come up with an idea, an idea they tried 25 years ago. It didn't work then, but we'll try it now. It could be better. Maybe it was before its time 25 years ago. So every year they all get together in Miami, and this year it's called the Evolution of Cruise. Which to me is uh, onboard revenue, onboard revenue, onboard revenue, pre-booking, onboard revenue, pre-booking, dest- uh, 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 excursions. That's what it's about. It is all about that, and also cutting costs, cutting costs, reducing, the, reducing the time in port because we're trying to save the world by Tuesday. Every cruise line reducing the time in port. Less time in port, that's the purpose of the cruise, is to explore places. Now, there are lines that, you know, like Azamara and uh, Region 7 Seas, they're going in the opposite direction. Um, That's an investment. It costs money to stay in port. That's why they don't. Plus, if you go slower, you burn less fuel. That's going to save the environment, but it's also going to save money. It saves money. So uh, that's the evolution of cruise. It's wrapping yourselves around uh, sustainability, number one, um, and, and allowing you to, 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 to actually, you know, slow down. Used to go like hell to get to the next port. Nah, what's the hurry? What's the hurry? Yeah. And you'll see, a, you know, it happens every day when they announce every cruise line. We made an adjustment in our itinerary for operational reasons, and it'll see you're going to get in an hour later and leave a half an hour earlier to give them a more time um, in order to get from one place to the other. So the evolution of cruise, they will have one day dedicated exclusively to onboard retail. It's all about how... <laughs> you know, I say it many times, and my wife gets mad at me. You know, when we get to Auckland, we'll have 212 people leave, uh, 250 people leave, and we'll have 250 fresh meat. Now, we're not an onboard reven- revenue-driven cruise line, more than we used to be, but not anything like, you know, the big mega mother, Sea Godzilla's with art directors, art auctions, and and the photographers, and oh, the list goes on and on about buy this, buy this, buy this. There's more shops. You know, I'm not going to name cruise lines now, but there are more retail shops and less places to have a good time. 
That's it. And I, I will point out, MSC is like a mall. You can't imagine. They still have a lot of nightlife. But massive chocolate shops, massive jewelry shops. Ma- I don't I don't go on a cruise to buy clothes. I bought them before I go on. I only go on for logo. If they have logo, I've told this story many times. I was on the QE2 in its final gasps. And I bought anything with QE2 on it because it was a collector's item. You know, you couldn't, it was sold out of everything there. Uh, But it's all about onboard revenue. Also dealing with the uh, pain points in the industry. That's that's to do with recruitment, staff shortage, crew welfare, and training. Now, I, I got on my soapbox way back when the pandemic ended and I said, Cruise lines are going to have to start operating like traditional corporations. You want top-notch people, you're going to have to give them benefits, better working hours, better conditions. So far, that hasn't really happened. But I still think that's going have to have to happen. And if I ran a major cruise line, whether it be Royal Caribbean or Celebrity or Princess or any of them, I would publish the changes that I've made to give the crew more. This is what we're doing for the crew. We're whacking off two hours. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're knocking off two hours here, an hour here. We're doing this. We're doing that. Tell the American, if you want to tell the American people how you're saving the friggin' planet by Tuesday, tell them the American people, especially what you're doing for the 40 nationalities that work for your company like slaves. 11 hours a day, seven days a week, six months straight. Tell them this is what we're doing. We're going to save the planet and our crew. That's what I would do if I ran a corporation, but I would probably bankrupt it because I'm a nice guy. I tip everybody. You know what I mean? I say thank you to everybody. I treat them all as equals. You know, I tell people, people step out of my way in the hallway here. They're trained to do that. When a guest is coming down the corridor, the crew member has to step to the side not pass at the same time. They literally have to step to the side. And I laugh and say, guys, I know I don't work much, but I work here. You don't have to step to the side. We have this, a spectacular, a spectacular staff and crew on board this ship right now. The bar staff, restaurant staff, housekeeping staff. I've been 16 years with this company. The best of the best have landed on this ship miraculously. But back to the point, you know, well, we have we have staff shortage problems. Yeah. Because you got to treat them like human beings. Damn it. You know, we, the chickens get treated better than some of the people on board. And that's, I'm on brand with that, by the way. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not singling out anybody. But if you want top-notch people, you got to treat them better. That's what I think. And I would. I would have it. I would tell people, this is what we're doing for our people. And Americans will look at that. I think they care more about that than they do whether or not you're burning bunker fuel, LNG, ethanol, methanol, your mother's oil. A little too far for me, mate. That's the tease. A little too far for me, mate. American Airlines has announced they will launch their longest flight. Perfect timing, by the way. Perfect timing. In the middle of the Boeing Max 9 door flying off, check the bolts on the rudder. Uh, uh, they announced they're going to fly a Boeing 787-9 Dreamliner 7,200 miles from Dallas to Brisbane, Australia. 7,200 miles. By the way, I looked it up. The max is 7,600. So they have 400 miles left. Uh, They're stretching it. Now, United does it too. But why did you make a big deal out of it? Right in the middle of the Boeing controversy? We're going to take a Boeing plane and we're going to fly for 17 hours. Not to mention 17 hours in economy on the back of a Dreamliner. Not in my lifetime. Of course, the new plane or the plane that will do in this, planes are doing, they have 51 flagship uh, uh, suites and 32 premium economy seats. 
all featuring American's latest cabin design. Uh, Max is 7,600 miles. They're going to go 7,200. I told you, we come back from Auckland, New Zealand, and we fly to Los Angeles. That's 12 hours and change. That's enough for me. Uh, I like to break it up. I really do. That's enough. I looked at the Auckland to Houston, which would have been an extra like four hours almost, almost like this flight. I said, no, we'll go Auckland, L.A., hour layover, hour and a half, and then four and a half hours, five hours to Orlando. Two flights. Yeah, man, that's too far. Too far. Hey, here's the tease. Hey, we, hey, hey, Klaus. Hey, uh, Johan. Hey, Hans. We want a piece too. How about something for the effort? The ground staff at German airline Lufthansa walked out of major airports on Wednesday, raising the pressure in wage talks and piling misery on travelers. It's true. Who pays for this? Um, the poor people are stuck. That was in Munich and Frankfurt. They just walked out. Planes weren't just Lufthansa. Weren't going anywhere. So, hey, what, what do we do? Well, you have to do whatever, whatever they tell you to do. They want more money. And the reason they want more money, if you look at last year's second, third, fourth quarter reports from Lufthansa, they're killing it. They're bragging about it. Best year we've had ever. Best One of our best year. Oh, best quarter. We're, we're making so much money. Oh, my God. Profits are so high. So all these poor schlubs in the ground are going, what about us? So they're asking for a raise of at least 500 euros over 12 months. And they want 3,000 euros just to offset inflation. Inflation is killing Germany right now. They're worse, probably one of the worst countries. I'm not an economist. I read a little. I read a little. Um, and it's not just the airline over there. Railways, public transport, they all want more money. And they say it's because of the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz's. That's his name, Olaf Scholz. It's his awkward three-way. Yeah, Olaf had a three-way. Now, oh, no, no, three-way coalition. Um, that's why Angela Merkel left. She couldn't take it anymore. It's like, you know, when you have a family that fights all the time, three different parties all trying to keep the government running. And, uh, you know, Olaf's not doing well, and all the people that are trying to pay the bills are going, hey, hey Olaf, how about a little Schultz for the effort? You know what I mean? Throw something our way. So we'll see what happens. But I guess they can do that legally. I don't think you can do it in the United States. We have a law that forbids uh, unions to do that kind of stuff. And we'll see what happens. Meanwhile, they went on strike at 4 in the morning until 8 o'clock the next day. And they caused all kinds. Well, fortunately, it was Lufthansa. It's not like United or, you know, um, they have a lot of planes, but nothing nothing like that. Um, but according to the CEO at uh, Lufthansa, he said costs are staying high, uh, but ticket prices are also very high. And we're paying for it. You know, consumer pays for it. But they have to produce profits. That's what that's about. And so they're bragging about the profits. When you put that in the press and the people read it, they're like, hey, Hans, hey, Klaus, how about some for the effort? You know what I mean? Hey, I'm long today. I am long. Sorry. If you're still with me, thank you. You're troopers. Troopers. Steve Ellie, make another one. All right. Friday already, huh? Well, Saturday for me, Friday for you. I'm very confused. But Super Bowl on Monday doesn't seem right. Seems un-American. But I'll be watching it. Kansas City Chiefs and 49ers, right? I think so. I'm going to root for the Patrick Mahomes and uh, and Travis uh, Swift. What's his name? Travis Swift? Not Kelsey anymore, right? Travis Swift. All right, as always, thanks for the likes, the shares. If you do enjoy this 
with or without the tirades, um, please share it with your friends and tell them, hey, I do give you a lot of information. I sometimes annoy you, but you didn't know about Lufthansa going on strike. Maybe you're supposed to fly them. You didn't know about the economy in Germany. You didn't know that Carnival Magic had appeared and they're, they're okay. You didn't know Jennifer Homendy. Homendy was a, a lobbyist, basically. Worked her way to the top of the heap. MSC, a lot of money, boy. They're spending it. They're spending it. I don't like to use the words drunken sailor because, you know, I work in the cruise industry. Hardly ever see that. <laughs> Hardly ever. And Sea Trade. I think I might go down to that Sea Trade cruise conference and walk around and go, I'm the guru and you know nothing and I know everything. And then security will come and take me out. Have a good Thursday. As always, I appreciate all of it. And I will not be flying to Brisbane anytime soon. That's a little too much. 7,200 miles in economy. That would require a lot of ambience. All right. Talk to you Friday. Hey, you're very loud. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.